Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Uh, we've known this day was coming. Sometimes knowing what's coming still doesn't make it any easier. Rob, uh, this is your final Sunday with us as our assistant curate. You're going to be taking up uh, two postdoctoral fellowships after being awarded a Canadian Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council grant. Um, I might add there were 600 applicants and only 100 successful candidates. So I want you to know how proud of you we are and proud of your achievements. You'll be spending, uh, dividing your time, of course, uh, between Penn State and Tel Aviv universities um, over the next two years, and uh, Kyle and you will be making your uh, residence in, where's Kyle this year's State College, Pennsylvania. So uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity to reflect on and celebrate the ways in which Rob and Kyle, you've blessed this community across eight years in your presence with us and blessed me personally in our 18 months together as parishioner, as member of corporation and since last July as our assistant curate and parish deacon. So much that comes to mind. I'm just going to outline three facets before we turn to this morning's gospel. Rob, uh, even before I arrived here, Bishop Susan had shared with me her desire to, uh, that there be a praying community to support the mission and ministry of the diocese. Now, when we first met, I knew at once the person who was going to play a pivotal role in birthing that community, and that person was you. You did help launch it and have continued to nourish and nurture the community on Monday, then Tuesday mornings. Organizing us, facilitating conversations about our direction, gathering us in your own backyard for pizza and beer. And it hasn't just been the community of prayer. You've participated in our Wednesday online morning prayer service. You've been a faithful member of the Centering Prayer community for a number of years. You are a man of prayer. You pray with and for us. You lead us in prayer. You remind us to pray. Second, you teach us and you preach. Now that might seem obvious given Rob's PhD in religious studies from Mac with a special interest in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Only it requires something special to be able to package and present that deep learning in ways that are stimulating and edifying for those of us riding a pew. And I know that you've worked hard in your time with us to allow your considerable intellect and broad academic formation 
to inform your teaching and preaching in ways that are accessible to us. People have told me how much they get from Rob's sermons. I certainly do. And I've watched the keen interest you generate at your weekly lectionary studies. And I've marveled at the way that you've not only selected really stimulating speakers for our Cathedral Chat series, another initiative that you helped birth in our lives, but I've loved the way you've engaged them through your skillful and artful questioning. In the short term that I've been privileged to serve here, I would say that we as a community are in a different place for the teaching and preaching of the Reverend Dr. Rob Jones. And third, Rob, you connect us. It's no secret that uh, our beloved Bishop, Bishop Susan, is focused on the mission of this diocese. She's calling us to become more mission-minded or missional. Rob, you not only get this, you have already been at it with and through our life here at 252 James North. When it comes to being missional, you're someone who walks the talk. You have a deep love for the Janesville neighborhood. You've got really good relationships with a number of business owners and uh, community leaders and just other folk, and especially those who are vulnerable, right where we find ourselves. You've given lectures to the Workers' Aid, Arts and Heritage Centre. You lead a weekly Bible study at one of the Indwell group homes. You've preached the Hamilton Law Association. You come and mingle at uh, Cathedral Cafe on a Thursday morning. You remind us of the importance of our involvement in Art Crawl and Super Crawl. And you're the one that was encouraging us to open our doors to the neighbourhood on a Sunday afternoon. You're great at helping us build bridges with the wider community, which is exactly what God is calling us to do. So you pray with us, you teach us and preach us, you help us to connect. Three ways in which you have blessed us and blessed me personally in our all too short time together. And this is to say nothing of your character and your friend, any of us. You are thoughtful and reliable, always willing to lend a hand, wise beyond your ears, you're clear-sighted and discerning, hospitable and playful, and you've a great sense of humour. Honestly, I, I don't think we could have asked anything more in and from an assistant curate. Thank you so much. I did say earlier that we would bend our gaze toward the gospel reading. We'll do that just briefly. Rob, I think it's particularly apt that in your last Sunday with us, we're not only listening to Luke, but we're hearing from this particular passage in Luke's gospel. Luke's a gospel writer for whom prayer is primary. 
He emphasizes the role that prayer played in Jesus' life. Your ministry with us, too, has been undergirded by your life of prayer. Only last Friday, just a couple of days ago, at Centering Prayer, you described prayer as your anchor point amidst all the ups and downs of ministry that you and I have experienced during a pandemic. So there are nine different places in Luke's Gospel where he tells us that Jesus prayed. Jesus' disciples saw him praying. They knew that John had taught his disciples how to pray. So I guess it was only natural that they in turn would turn to Jesus and ask him how to pray, which is what they do this morning. Jesus responds to them in this morning's gospel in several ways, one of which is by telling a story. It's about a guy who hammers on his buddy's door at midnight. He's got unexpected company and his cupboards are bare. He asks for three loaves of bread. Well, the pal inside grumbles that he's already in bed, the door's locked, and the kids are sound asleep. Jesus then reminds his followers that it's probably not the friendship that's going to get this guy out of bed. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his anidea, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Now, what does anidea mean? And bear in mind that this Greek word is not found anywhere else in the entire New Testament. Well, our vision of the Bible translates anodia as persistence. Well, that all makes sense, you might think, at least because of his persistence, he will get up. So in telling this story, we might think that Jesus wants to make the point that prayer is really about badgering God a la the story later in Luke's gospel about the persistent widow. If we keep on at God long enough, like a kid with a parent, we can wear God down. God just needs an awful lot of reminding. And I'm not sure God's quite like that. And it's not quite what the Greek says. The Greek word anodia, translated as persistence here, more correctly means shamelessness or avoidance of shame. So at least because of his desire to avoid shame, the friend in bed will get up and give his neighbour whatever he wants. It's where some understanding of Middle Eastern culture in the ancient world can be instructive. Folks back then placed a high value on hospitality. Many inns were places of ill repute, and so travellers needed to rely on friends or friends of friends to provide them a bed for the night. It would be unthinkable that a friend would turn down a request for bread to feed an unexpected guest whatever the time of day or night. In other words, this friend in the story eventually gets out of bed, 
not because he's being harangued, but he gets out of bed because he fears the shame that he would endure from other villagers in refusing the request. Jesus then contrasts God with the unfriendly neighbour. The neighbour eventually comes round to his friend's request only to avoid being shamed. God, on the other hand, is never reluctant, never hesitant. We can trust in God's goodness to respond to our requests. So when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, I imagine they, like us, were wanting to know more about how we pray, or when we pray, or where we pray. Instead, Jesus simply reminds them this morning that the bedrock of prayer is not technique. Rather, our prayer life is simply grounded in the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of God. We gather this morning in worship to celebrate the gift of Kyle and Rob's time with us and to thank God for all the ways in which Rob has blessed us through his prayer life, his teaching and preaching, and his connecting. As we pray, may we trust in the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of the one who responds so readily to us. Watching over Kyle and Rob as they enter this exciting new chapter of their lives and watching over us as by God's grace we build upon the rich legacy that they both leave us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.